Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Duane. Sebastian, uh, you got a great weekend of soccer ahead of you. It's going to be cold, 35 yeah. mile per hour winds. Let's yeah, let's first let's talk about the fact that I'm back. I'm back in, in front of my microphone um, oh, at, yeah. after a long five, four, four weeks, three weeks. Cue the applause. Yeah, right. Uh, where where is that? Uh, that would, no, that's not it. Uh, that's my jam right there. It's the game show. There you go. Right there. There's the applause. Um, uh, yeah, back in back in action, back in the basement, back in front of the microphone. I'm excited to be back in like my my podcast space, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, a, an interesting weekend of soccer ahead of me. I that I, at this point, I'm still not 100 percent sure if it's happening or not. Well, it's happening. Well, I mean, I don't know the 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 now the weather has changed once more to now like one to three inches of snow expected up here where I live, and then like an inch of snow down down south. So you might get some snow tomorrow. I was gonna say, don't call me talking about you got three inches of snow. You need to go coach. <laughs> I can't get I'm, out of my house. I'm geographically in the clear. You're closer, Dwayne. I can't get out of my house. I'm locked in. Uh, you need to go coach. Um, no, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. I have the 2010 girls, the 08 girls, and the 09 girls are also there. Same tournament. Yeah, you guys going in deep. Yeah. So we uh we got three girls teams, which is exciting. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. I think it's always it's always a fun time to to play. I think the girls are ready to to go back outside and playing. So it'll be it'll be a good time. But let's also recap the fact that um we just finished our futsal tournament. Yeah. It was fun. What a what a great job you did. I appreciate it. That was that was a really good tournament. It was fun. Um I had a moment, I had a moment when I got home. So I ate dinner when I got home with the kids. Um, which they were like, Oh, hey, you live here. I forgot about you. Uh, because I hadn't been home in like a week. <laughs> so um uh and then like about an hour in to like me being home. All of a sudden, my body decided to like start shutting down slowly uh, because I had coached 17 games in a row, basically. Yeah. So uh, it was a long you day. Talk to the scheduling man- manager. I'll tell you what, though. Even though it was a really long day, it was an enjoyable day. I I would do it again easily. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I think everybody had fun, which is the goal. Kids were goal. out playing. That's a goal. Goals were scored. Yeah, unless you're the Bayshore coach, and if you're listening, uh, Mr. Bayshore coach, um, I want to tell you, man, uh, you said you were looking for transparency, and ultimately, the referee had the score, I had the score, you're the only one that had different score. I don't tell you. Like, he didn't lose. No, he did. He lost one of them. He no, he, he drew all three games. Uh, no, I beat him the one time. I beat him three to two one time. Well, Stanley says he tied all three games. He finished with three points. Oh. The other three teams in the age group won at least one game, which put him in a, like a three-way tie for, with four points. And it went down to like head-to-head goal. Diff. Yeah, that was a yeah. crazy group. Yeah. I mean, listen, realistically, like whatever the score is, like just no one's out there to like try to scheme some sort of just like t-shirt. Yeah, no one's out there to scheme, and I, that's what I told him when he got mad. And he, he's like, you know, I was like, "What are you looking for? Like, you want to go play in the final? You can go play in the final. I don't care." Um, I mean, he did not I tied like, him. He did not like that response. He he tried to beat me, and then I tied it up in the last thirty seconds. Yeah, there you go. 
I mean, yeah. So overall, it's, it was a good time. Um, I enjoyed yeah. the uh, I enjoyed the experience. It was good. Fifty five teams from three different states. So yeah, not bad. No, it was it was really really good. Um, our teams had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching and coaching our different teams and stuff. So yeah, good yeah. times. Um, summer camps. Summer camps fully open. People are registering already. So uh, <laughs> they are registered. They've been waiting. Yeah, Delaware Delawarean.com. Uh, go click on the camps tab. Uh, you'll see them. So we got three day camps, uh, June 20th through the 23rd, uh, July 5th through the 8th, and August 8th through the 11th uh, with a full day option from 9 to 3 or a half day option from 9 to 12. Uh, then we also have the Discovery Camp, which is a great camp. 9 to 11, July 5th through the 8th, uh, 9, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Good two hours. Get the kids. Don't say 11 p.m. because parents might not come back to 11 p.m. No, 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 no. 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. gets you gets you good for for nap time. That that gets them good and ready for nap time. Uh, then we got Diamonds Camp, uh, July 18th through the 21st, from 9 to 12. Um, and we got our goalkeeper finishing camp for our travel players, August 1st through August 8th. Or sorry, August 1st Eighth. through August 4th. August 4th. Over, overnight camp at Middletown Village. <laughs> yeah. August 1st to the 4th. Uh again with a with a full day option of nine to three and a half day nine to twelve option as well. You might get some, you definitely got some takers on that uh August 1st through 8th camp. Yeah. <laughs> you get you keep my kids for a week, take them. Uh no, so make sure you sign up. Our summer camps are awesome. Uh Anthony does a fantastic job at, at putting the curriculums together for them and putting all the Getting the staff ready. Um, it's a great please, please send all questions to Anthony Dirienzo yes. at DelawareUnion.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. All, all summer camp questions go to him. Yeah, all, all summer camps. Feel free to reach out to Anthony. He'll be he'll be able to answer them for you. So, um, and then rec registration is still open. Yeah, we got exciting news about rec. We, we do have announce that. Yeah, we can announce that. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been publicly announced already, so it might as well. Uh, so our recreational program has a new home. So after a long, long time of playing the majority of our recreational games at Silver Lake uh, Park, and we are now have a new home, which is Odessa High School uh, for Saturday mornings. You got the duck sound? Uh, no, I, I don't, but I do have the... Oh, no, that's not. No, that one. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, so well, we are moving all of our Saturday morning rec games to Odessa High School. Uh, practices will be either at Middletown High School uh, for recreational teams or at uh, Lorewood Elementary. Lorewood Grove? Is Lower it Grove? Grove? Lorewood Grove Elementary. Yep. So two options there for practices that Dwayne will work on scheduling all the practices for everybody. Uh, but in general, our Saturday mornings will be spent at Odessa High School. So we're really excited to be there. Uh, a big shout out and a big thank you to uh all of the staff at Apple, the Apple school district for, for helping make this happen. Um, it, it's, it's been a little bit of a long road. Uh, it's been a couple months. It's been a, like a four to five month process, but we finally are able to announce it. So we're excited. Yeah. Definitely excited to have that, that new space. Um, and just getting the kids back out to playing again. You know, yeah. that, that's the, that's the main goal there is just giving them a safe place to play. Yeah. And I'm excited to the potential for what we can do with the, within the school and within the school district and to be able to help um, players and, 
and parents and coaches. So the key marketing piece for those uh was it Cantwell Bridge Middle School, those kids that come out and play, and then the elementary school on site. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's called, but <laughs> yeah. Old, old line, old state, old state, old state. Yeah. And the pre-K center for discovery. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we're excited to be there. It's gonna be your, it's gonna be a good time. So now it's the kind of the planning stages or the final planning stages. We kick off in less than a month. So uh, the final well, the plan, plan just plans are set. They're blueprinted, Perfect. rolled up in that little fancy tube that you put in. You roll out on a desk. We've got yeah. the blueprint. All right. Perfect. Great. I, I I'll, I'll, just, tube. I'll just kick back and relax. Then. <laughs> I, I just need the tube. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so ultimately really, really fun news and excited to, to be a part of that. Um, uh, all right. So today we have an interview uh, where we're, so where I switched it up on you um, from the original plan, but for a reason, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that reason off mic, but, um, but we're going to do, we have an interview, which is a really cool interview. Uh, with Paolo Pacione. Uh, he's coordinator of performance at Club America, Mexico. Yeah, you guys, you guys know we were at the Club America Philadelphia Union game. So, yeah, he was there in that jam packed environment. We did talk about that. Yeah, we talked about that for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so Paolo is a really cool guy. He he is in charge of uh, performance at Club America. Uh, so he deals with with, in you know, um, with the workload that players the players have um we talk about i think we talk about i'm pretty sure we talked about the like science and the technology part of it right we talk about technology and how that's in, used and introduced um we talk about his career which he's had a really really cool career over the places he's been yeah he's uh, been in a lot of places he's been in a lot of places and he's been a lot he's been with a lot of cool coaches yeah uh, so, so respect the guy in his in his area of expertise yeah so Unfortunately, Club America, since that recording, uh, Santiago Solari is no longer the coach at Club America. Uh, but um, but he's still there. But Paulo is still there. Paulo is still there. Paulo's That's still all there. that matters. That's all that matters. So, so yeah, so excited, excited for that interview. All right. So with us today, we have Paolo Pacione. Did I say it right? Perfectly. Oh, fantastic. I, I, I want to make sure I say names correctly. Uh, he is the director of performance at Club America. Uh, club, do we do we have a rivalry with Club America now? Doing? I don't know. If we have a rivalry, man. I, I, I mean, I hope you know the Philadelphia Union can get their act together, get back into the Concacaf uh, Champions League, and play them every year, or just get a friendly with them every year. I, I really enjoyed the game. It was an awesome experience. You know, Club America. They brought the fans, they brought the passion, and then they brought some quality players too. Yeah. You know, Guillermo. Yeah. So uh, Club America. So you're from Toronto. Yes. How did you end up in Club America? You skipped Ooh, the country. That's a long story. Do you have enough time? Oh, space we got, in that I, got, oh I got I got it. I got plenty of space. Well, back in 2015, I don't know if you remember uh, the Montreal Impact yes. were uh, at the finals for the Concacaf Champions League, and I was the fitness coach at that time. And uh, there's a lot going around that story. I mean, we spent some time earlier uh, preseason playing, get, preparing the game for Pachuca, the quarterfinal game in Mexico. I fell in love with the place. I, at that point in time, I already had in my head that I wanted to come live there. And funny enough, I live literally a mile from, from that place. Um, and yeah, we, we, we had that uh, run all the way to the final, very close. Um, and at the end of that year, actually, they contacted me. They reached out to me and they asked me if, uh, if, I, if I'd be willing to come down. 
And at that time, I couldn't say yes. I said no at that time, and people thought I was crazy because I actually uh, gave my word to Alessandro Nesta, who's a player, became coach, mm -hmm. who wanted me to be part of his staff in Miami. So I, uh, I. He's a pretty big name player, isn't he? Uh, a little bit. He, he might, he might be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't say no to him, of course. Right. You know, I already said yes. So we kept in touch, and there's always been a, a very fond relationship with Cuba America because I've always kept in touch with them. My daughter was actually born on the the day of the final, on the second leg. Uh, she was born at 4:07, and I ran to the stadium. I got there by six o'clock. I was there to do the warm up and everything. Wow. So that's a that's a that's a whole other whole other story. And and uh, over time, we just you know kept in touch. And uh, when it was time uh, to move on from Miami, uh, there was an opportunity to, to to go. And I said, you know, now was the time. So, what does your role entail in general as director of performance? So. I started dealing with the academy mostly at first and then building some of the strategies all the way up into the first team. So what that really entails is assembling all the different synergies that involve with elevating performance. So nutrition, psychology, uh, return to play, medical, fitness, of course, as, as a primary role and bring the methodology, bring the technologies, create uh, um, synergies within all these departments to support our players, support our coaches and to have a, a model in our way of working. You mentioned return to play. And I think that was that was gonna be a topic of the session you were going to present. Right? Yeah. So, so return to play. Um, talk a little bit about that process, especially when it comes to youth athletes, because sometimes at, at that academy level, if, if they get a you know a serious injury or a long term injury or something like that, that might be you know mentally there's that like moment of like did I just did I just miss my chance or something like that. So how how does that return to play work out? So. So my presentation will refer to return to play in different aspects as well because there's also return to play from what we experienced two years ago when there was a stoppage of training for three months. So I'm going to really touch more upon that in my presentation. But when you talk about an injured athlete that you know might be out for six months with a long-term injury, there is a whole process that you need to really observe. And one is to understand what, what did they do before they got to that point, meaning what are the standards to train at that level, to play at that level, so that you start building the athlete up back for that. On not only the physical standpoint, but on a psychological standpoint, and really preparing them along the way. What, um, what, are, some of the, what are some of the differences you've recognized from the MLS into the idea of Liga Mekis and, 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 and working in Mexico? What are some of the differences? What are some of the similarities? Now you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a tough one. It is a tough one because for me, I'm really enjoying my experience being in uh, Liga Mekis. I really enjoy, especially from my role, that there is a consistent amount of work throughout the year. One of the biggest challenges when I was working in MLS is that long off season. Mm -hmm. You know, a three month off season is, is detrimental to so many aspects of the game, especially the tactical and technical side, but for sure the physical side. Yes, you can probably get back into some shape or form, but it's not the same when you're not playing games week in and week out. You know, you have some of our players in our squad that have played um, over 50 games this year. Yeah. You know, um, upwards of the 60 games this year. So those players really maintain throughout the season quite a lot quite much better and don't have that fluctuations of performance and you know I hate to say this but like the first month in the season in MLS we know how the games are you know they're they're not the prettiest of games and that's because 
you don't have that many games into your legs. You know, a, f a friend of mine from MLS was telling me how, oh, you know, we have a short off season this year, and I still had two or three more weeks left of playoffs, hopefully, and and then two weeks after that we'll get started back on the right. second tournament. And he's and he was saying, well, I'm gonna finish after you and before you, so don't talk to me about short <laughs> off season. But and, but it's something I actually cherish. I think it's something very important, and and I look forward to. I know there's some people that would like to see that happen um, on a performance side for, for the MLS player, and it'll be better for them in the future if that does get a little bit shorter. I mean, you played in Mon or you you worked in Montreal, so I mean, are you guys playing games in December there? You're gonna have no, no, because actually, like even the way the rules are set up and everything, like you can't you can't really have the players in training. Right. And uh, the thing is. We did an excellent thing in Montreal before they changed the rules where once the season was over, and this is how I came on board, we actually spent two and a half weeks in Italy and we played Serie A teams. We actually, you know, created a foundation for our next season. Yeah. So that gave me an opportunity that I, I just came on board right for that trip, put things in place, like how we're going to work. And that gave them some motivation on what they're going to do in their off season. Right. And, and it was a lot shorter back then because of that. And then once we came back in January, um, you know, I had to build them back up. You know, uh, you might have the benefit of a six, seven week preseason, but the thing is, there's nothing more important than games. And yes. I think that's why it's great that teams spend so much time in Florida and amongst each other. But um, games are the most important thing. Absolutely. How do you deal with this, with 2022 being a, being a World Cup year? And not only being a World Cup year, being a unprecedented World Cup year because the World Cup is in November going into December and uh, all the leagues are kind of changing the their structure or at least changing their timing. How do you deal with, with that aspect of it? it? It's tough and especially when you start having the three game um, international breaks. Yeah. You know, you have players that might have played 90, 60, 90 in that period of time and they come back to you. So you need to really be cautious you need to be able to make sure you get your benefit as a club because you know this is a player that plays for you and you need to get your points on that weekend as well and not really you know just take points for granted and um, and not put the player at risk as well so it's really a, a fine line it's gonna be a very tricky May June when you know we're gonna be converting from one season to another I think uh, we have to really treat each athlete as an individual, meaning that the ones that are in the roster that are not as exposed need to be doing more and need to be uh, taken care of uh, with games, with uh, harder training, while the others need to be tailored a little bit differently. How so, do you, go ahead. Uh, so, so um, uh, I like that. And then like one of the changes out of COVID was the substitution changes, right? So we went from three subs, universal, around the world, and then some leagues are doing five subs. Which one are you more in favor of, the three or the five? And why? I, I like the three when I'm able to show the quality of the fitness of my team. That's for <laughs> sure. But I think the five is better for the game. The three makes you look better. Yeah, it makes you look better, it makes you look worse, whatever you want, the way you want to look at it. But five is good for the game. And, and, and it's good for, for the business as well. Meaning like when you don't have players getting minutes and not getting in, um, just because of that three, you're missing out on a piece of your investment. Mm -hmm. You know, your players are your investment. They're, 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 they're real estate that are in your portfolio. And if you, don't, you can't give them opportunities, 
you lose something. So I think it's actually a good thing for the players. I think it's a good thing for the for the coaches. I think it's a good thing for the intensity of the game. So I, I hope it's here to stay. I've always been, and this is great that you're here because I've always had this. I've always had this question in my mind of how do clubs work with or deal with at times the international staffs. So the the because because especially a club like Club America where players aren't just from Mexico, they're from all over the place, and a lot of them or the majority of them play for their international for their national team. How do you deal with that? How does that relationship with with the countries? Funny enough, is that we were just talking about it before I left. Is that yeah? We'll have eight players out next week. We will have eight players in our in our squad to a train. The, the way it works is it depends on there's different standards of, of federations. I think the Mexican Federation does an excellent job with that, with their terms of the information that is communicated, what what the athletes do when they're with the national team, and uh, they send us reports. I actually get to see the GPS data live per day, oh, wow. so when it's when it's coming in, so that that's fantastic, especially with the Mexican players. Uh, with the other countries. They'll send a, a, an end report of what they did. Sometimes it's complete, sometimes it's not, and, and it really depends on the quality of that. I think what, what's really important is our, our communications. Our staff does a great job of reaching out to uh, their staffs. And For example, the other day one of our players was getting therapy. He, he won't be going. Uh, he's called up, but he won't be going to uh, his international duty. And... The, our therapist was speaking on the phone with their therapist and going over what they think is the next, you know, proper course of plan. So uh, it, it makes it a lot easier the way things are now, especially with communication. And it, what makes it tough sometimes is that, you know, it's different realities completely. And when you're working day to day, and when you're working in, in the national team, which I've worked in the national team as well, so I get it. Um, how do you deal with with players, you know, from the academy moving up? potentially training with the first team or playing with the first team and then going back to the academy and then in how does how does that work from from a load perspective and what's the communication or what's your role in that to be able to manage that and say listen like this this kid just you know trained this amount and now he's got to slow down a little bit or, or how does that work what usually happens is the actual opposite a lot of times when they come up to the first team they're used you know sparingly so what happens is at times they don't get enough okay so it's my job to say get back over there because our fields are one beside the other so like the u20s will train at the same time as the first team and, and make sure that they go finish the training session or or when they're with us you know okay they need to do a little bit more to make sure that we don't you know burn their day especially thinking about what the cycle is of the week um and we have a lot of back and forth like that so like probably uh, tonight at training, we'll probably have six uh, U20 players training with us because of different things. They got a lot of Pedries. A lot of Pedries, man, playing 70 games a year. <laughs> a lot of guys like Pedri. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think, uh, I don't know if it's Pedri or Memo who has more games this in this past year because Memo, Olympics, oh, yeah. nation, uh, Nations uh, League, and uh, we were joking about that. Uh, they, love, they love Memo, man. And he doesn't. He doesn't age. He doesn't. Aww. He still looks like he does ten years. Ago. He Aww, did ten years he, ago. He's a happy guy. Very good person. I think you know those those things really really foster um, somebody's longevity. You know, just like another player that we that just joined us at uh, Jonathan dos Santos. You know, yeah. same uh, thing. So, in he's pretty good too. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, 
pretty so, good. So were you there before Solari got there? Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how is that transition when a coach when a new coaching staff comes in and and Solari who had you know came from Real Madrid and and this this background and this history that he's had as a as a sta- as a player and as a coach how does that relationship translate meeting a new coaching staff? Um, I wasn't hands on on a daily basis with the previous staff, but I was I had a relationship with them because of my role within the club. Um, the transition. It's really easy when you have empathy for somebody else's position. You need to understand what a coach wants. You need to understand what Solari is looking to do in the club. And our job as a staff uh, of the club is to support them and to make sure that their mission is accomplished. And uh, for me, because I've worn many different hats, I've worked for so many different coaches, I I can get it. I, I get that empathy. And I... I know the stresses that they're going through because they have to think about what they're trying to put forward. You know, you, you got to take yourself out of your shoes and put yourself in their shoes. So um, I, I listen to, I, I watch a lot of Argentinian like sports show or soccer shows. And, and one of the topics of conversation at times or topics of debates, depending on the, on the coach, is this idea of technology and, and the, the, the role that technology plays. And I'm assuming in your role, technology plays a big part. Mm-hmm. How is that developed? And is 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 there still the idea that technology isn't everything? And there's still that like that that's that like gut feeling. So I'm not old, but I'm not young. So I have <laughs> a, a very balanced approach or, or thinking about that. And I don't know who said it. And I, I really apologize. I need to figure out who said it recently that I heard that they love coaching or they pick coaching because it's one of the last human um, professions because there's not too many professions there's many professions out there that are getting replaced by technology or by uh, automated services where coaching will never be replaced by that it is depends on the person you know love energy empathy uh, understanding motivation those are all things that are never going to be technology driven Technology is there to help us, to assist us, to give us a sense, but it will never replace, uh, and, and I don't think it will be that much of a difference maker. I think the difference maker is always people. I think it's always uh, uh, the core values of the people or staff and what they bring to a table. It's really interesting. So there is a coach, uh, I believe he is currently coaching at Liga Amekis, and when he, uh, he transitioned from field hockey, uh, in Argentina, from coaching field hockey to coaching to coaching soccer, uh, and the big thing when when he took over a big club in Argentina was the fact that he had this massive golf cart with a giant TV on the back of it, and he would be able. And he also had like seven drones or something like that, where you would just like fly around, fly them around, and then be able to like see the practice live, and then he'd like drive this golf cart and show him what. So maybe you guys have that, maybe you don't. I don't know. But what technology do you use? Uh, on a daily basis, that that is that is something that maybe has changed in the last in the last couple of years. I like that example you gave because it was something that I've always wanted around. Uh, like a golf well. cart with a TV. Yeah, yeah. I can show you the pictures on my phone of when I came up with that idea. I said I want that. All right. 
um, because what happened uh, watching other sports you learn a lot yeah. I think uh, the benefit of the NFL um, really can teach you a lot of training and and uh, I brought Alessandro with myself when we were living in Miami we were looking we went to go watch uh, Dolphins preseason camp and we saw the screens at each corner we saw the delay on the screens we saw how the staff were working operating and those were things that gave us ideas of really how to apply do you, go to the, do you go? You went to the training facility at Nova. Yeah, Nova Southeastern. Yeah, 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 that yeah, facility yeah. is incredible. But it's changed now. They left. Yeah, because now they're going to be a, now they're beside the stadium. Yeah, right? but they left. But that facility was crazy. Yeah, really nice. Oh yeah, really yeah, yeah. nice. I went to school there. Not not in that facility, but I just went. To school. You went to school at the facility. I didn't go to school. At the you must not have taken any classes. No, <laughs> that they, that facility as you walk in has the biggest TV I've ever seen. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah, when you walk in right it, away, because then the gym goes right behind yeah. it. So I was friends with the director of performance there, and uh, he's the one that opened the doors to me. And, and what was funny is, back to what we were talking about, the difference makers, and is that uh, Alessandro asked one of the coaches, but you have 30 coaches and a staff. How does how do people not step on each other's toes? And the, <laughs> and the answer was that everybody does their job and knows their job and, and respects their job. And, and that's why, you can never take away the human aspect. So back to what you're asking about technology. Yes, we use GPS. Yes, you use heart rate monitors. Yes, we've incorporated now blood biomarkers. But again, you don't really become really proficient or fluent with a technology until you're really using it for a good four or five years. Okay. And I think it's really important that sometimes people think that those are going to create the solutions. They usually create more problems or more questions than solutions. Is that you start to figure out what do I want from this piece of information that's going to give me something or make a difference. Awesome. Cool. Do you want to ask your question? You've got to ask the question. What are your three favorite soccer players of all time? My three favorite soccer players of all time? I might have to ask him what are his three favorite players that he's worked with, like because he's worked with some, I, some pretty really good that players. List. Let's I go really with that. Yeah, let's go with that. So, one of the most, my favorite player that I've ever worked with was Marco Divayo. I think Marco Divayo had a hunger. Uh, he was later in his career, but that didn't really show in training. He he put the younger guys into the ground. I, I really love what he stood for, and and I asked him, you know, why. What, what brought you to here and how did you get here and he talked about you know the era when he was a younger player and he was around guys like uh, uh, Nedved or uh, Chiro Ferrara and so it really gave me a lot of perspective and I spent a lot of time with him so for me that, that was one of my favorite ones to work with I mean now I think one of my new favorites right now is definitely Jonathan Dos Santos I just I see his smile I see his passion I see his energy and it gives me a boost every single day um, I had the pleasure of working with uh, Drogba. Drogba was a competitor. You know, there was somebody that loves to win in training, and 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 I think there was times like we would we would look in training, and he maybe wouldn't lose one ball in one possession, never. And and a competitor like him, you know, hard to find. And he he brought a lot, a lot of energy to the dressing room and. And, uh, a lot of experience too. He was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he was pretty good. Some yeah. pretty good players. You know, in, in his first game, he started for us. He, he scored three goals: one with the left, one with the right, and one with his head. <laughs> what do they call that? In Chicago. What do they call that? Isn't it? It's called something, right? When you do that, left, not right. Sure, I'm not sure. It's called something when you do that. The Drogba. The Drogba. Yeah, yeah you might as well call it the Drogba now. All right, uh, Paulo, thanks so much for coming on today. My pleasure. And, uh, good luck in the rest of the season. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank we'll be you. rooting for Club America. That's right. All right, Dwayne, we are back and let's let's talk about what was a pretty exciting week of Champions League games. Yeah. 
So uh, Barcelona did not play in the Champions League this week. Barcelona did not play in the Champions League. Barcelona tied against Galatasaray uh, yesterday in the Europa League. <laughs> but I mean, can we? <laughs> Poor Salzburg. Salzburg, man, they opened up a <laughs> can of worms or something. I don't even know, but I don't know what they did. Man, they just made. I mean, Lewandowski. I mean, two PK goals, but Lewandowski I mean, had a hat trick in like thirty minutes. Uh, twenty three minutes. Twenty three. Sorry, twenty three minutes. Twenty three minutes. I mean, it was four nothing. Thirty minutes into the game. So, um, so yeah. I mean, ultimately, the Cinderella story that was Salzburg, um, considering they had uh, beaten. Oh no, they had tied. They had tied one one at home against Bayern, which was disrespected. A, which is great. Yeah, second second leg was like nah. <laughs> they disrespected Bayern, and Bayern was like nah. <laughs> yeah, wipe so, you off the face of the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, good for Brendan Aronson though. I mean, he he was still playing the game, uh, so he was there. He got an assist. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of players that were there. Um, they were just giving up goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Salzburg, Salzburg, unfortunately, out of the Champions League. Uh, Inter beats Liverpool one nothing, but ultimately not enough to to get to that uh, PK shootout. It's like the worst thing in sports. It's like when you beat the team and lose on aggregate. Yeah. It's like you win, but you lost. Yeah. Yeah. And Alexis Sanchez got thrown out too. So, um, uh, and then we get to what was a crazy Wednesday. Um, not the city sporting game. That one was a zero zero game. I don't think anybody really cared about that game at that point. Um, it was, there was no, there was no, you know who cared my player of the match, Scott Carson. He cared. Did he play? He didn't play. He got off the bench in the seventy third minute. Oh, he! Oh, look at that! I didn't realize. I I lost track of that that match after mid after uh after halftime. You know who like cared? That. Scott Carson cared. Scott Carson. We did talk about Scott Carson. He cared. Scott Carson, man, good for you. Way to go, man. Um, but let's talk about Real Madrid PSG because yeah. that was <laughs> probably one of the. Like biggest crumblings I've seen in a while of a team that just like completely Since the last time Barcelona thrashed PSG. <laughs> yeah. Um that was that was unreal. Yeah. That was Benzema, um, Benzema scores a hat trick in 17 minutes. Um first goal, you're like, okay, like all right. Two to one, or you know, it's okay. You know, it's it's fine. Or one one at the time with the with the like the actual game was one one, but it's two to one in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. And, and Mbappe had you know had gotten some good opportunities. He scored a really good goal. He got like the one that was offsides was even better, but it was all, he was like slightly offsides. But that one goal was even better. Um, and then Donnarumma decides to like. I mean, granted, it wasn't just Donnarumma's fault. It was Marquinhos also never drops and opens up like for him. Now, granted, Donnarumma probably should have just cleared the ball the first time yeah. he got it, just one time into the bench or into the into the stands. Um, but he doesn't. And off the kickoff, like off the kickoff, basically, like we're still showing the replay of Donnarumma while boom, goal. All of a sudden, <laughs> PSG or PSG's losing three to one, and all of a sudden, aggregate's three to two. Yeah, I mean. All the star power PSG has. Yeah. With, 
with former Real Madrid players that could potentially still be starting at Real Madrid today. And you lose. Yeah. Like, you only score two goals. Like, each one of those guys that's a forward are good for one goal a game. They're goal scorers. 0.75% goals a game expected. Yeah. Out of each one of those players. He only managed to score two goals in two games. It was it was it was bad. That's disappointing. Like He's bad. you gotta you gotta figure something out. Coach has gotta go. Manager's gotta go. You think Pochettino's gotta go? He's gotta go. Oof. He's gotta go. You can't lose. What is this the round of 16, right? Yeah. You can't lose in the round of 16. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing Bayern. You can't lose in the round of 16. Not with those three. I mean, you're playing Real Madrid, who potentially will be in the in the Champions League final. Unless they who play Real, Bayern. Who does Real unless, Madrid really have? Unless they play Bayern or Liverpool in the in the quarterfinals. You lost to an old man named Luka Modric. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you still got you got players, man. Like I mean, Benzema, you can't sleep on Benzema. I'll give you that. You got Vinny, Vinny Jr. He Vinny said he's Jr. not a world-class player. He said he's just there to help. I mean, Marcos Asensio is good. Valverde is good. Tony Cross is good. The back, back line is good. You know, I mean, outside of the one time where um, where Alaba got completely torched by Mbappe. So they're a solid, underrated squad. I think they're a solid squad. I don't think they're not a flashy squad by any stretch of the imagination. I think, yeah, you're right. They're, they're just flashy. They're just they're just that good in the counter that they'll just punish you. I mean, again, off the kickoff. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, gotta... so we'll, we'll see what happens next week. So next week is Manchester United against Atletico Madrid. Um, so that game's tied one one. I expect man, you fans don't get your hopes up. Two two. Oh man. Just a downer today. Uh, you I'm just, just saying they always are like, "Oh, we're going through," and it's like, mm, "Don't get Juve, your hopes up." You saw Villarreal. what happened when they played City. Juve Villarreal one one, uh, and then Chelsea Lille. Chelsea's up two nothing on that one. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Tim, Tim Weah about to score a brace and bring bring Lille back into it. Let's go, let's go, Timmy Weah. Um, all right. Uh, should we just move on to the player of the match? You know who mine is? Is yours Scott Carson? The shutout. Yeah, Scott Carson. All right. The um, shutout. The the twenty seven minute shutout. <laughs> um, my player of the match goes out to you. I appreciate it uh, because you did a fantastic job with the tournament. It's been the probably one of those programs that like. I had very little to do with it, and uh, I not never worried, never like it was fine. No, no hiccups, no issues, nothing. Just rolled with it. It's great. No, it was good. Um, yeah, and Lou enjoyed it too, which is says a lot. Yeah, isn't that always Lou's been great? to a lot of tournaments? Isn't that always great when when he says yes, you did a good job. And his suggestion was a great one. Yeah, yeah, one football tournament a month. <laughs> I said, hey, let's do it. All right. Okay. You already seen me propose two dates. Yeah, you did. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Um, all right. On this day in soccer history, uh, Jack Charlton made a 600 league appearance for Leeds United. Scored a goal 
on his 600th appearance um, against Coventry City at Ellen Road. Um, so he retired the year after that. But on this day in history, March 11th, he had a 600 league appearance. He ended up retiring with 629 games for Leeds. Club record right there. That's one man. One, a one club man. Yeah, yeah, the last person you saw like that was uh, Francisco Tani. Yeah, like I think is like the last time you'll see someone. I mean, Messi and Xavi, but like, but they both left and played other places. Yeah, they all left. But like Francisco Tani is probably the last one you'll see. That's yeah. That I mean, the transfer market's just crazy now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's hard to it's hard to just stay in one place because somebody's uh, going to just buy you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so exciting stuff. So well, well done. Um, all right. Uh, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes actually to Lou. Uh, because yesterday, um, I asked him about, so um, I'm in the B course. I have this assignment and I asked him about it and he was like, nope, you're on the right track. You're doing a good job with it. Like keep going. And I was like, all right, perfect. Fantastic. Like that was kind of what I needed. I needed to make sure that I was heading in the right direction. And uh, and I was and it was he provided some really good advice and we talked a lot about the course and like some potential things that we can do from a coaching education standpoint internally at Del Reading. Uh So thanks to Lou for being a great sounding board and also giving me some really good advice. So yeah, that's my fair play of the week. Fair play of the week is going to go up to Tony Virgili from Wilmington okay. University, the strength yeah. and conditioning coach. Um, he did a seven week, um, fitness strength, and con- not strength and conditioning. I mean, I guess you can call it strength and conditioning, um, with the 2006 and 2007 boys, they were at Gunning Bedford when it was cold or rainy and then outdoors at Odessa, um, just trying to get fit, work on their performance, um, to increase themselves going into the spring season. Um, so shout out to Tony for running the program. Um, shout out to Nick Papa Nicholas for bringing Tony in to run the program. Um, and look forward to, you know, doing stuff like this in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. That's good. It was a really good, uh, I saw the picture last night that was posted. It was cool. Cool. Um, all right. Well, Dwayne, I think next week we'll talk about, uh, whether I got snowed on or rained on or didn't play at all. We'll, we'll talk about that. We should get Dan Simmons on the podcast to see what his weather was like. He's got to go north. Yeah, he's got to go north. Yeah, the new the new technical director at Polytech High School. Uh, <laughs> no, he's playing Hocus tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But him and I talked about high school soccer as well today, yesterday. So it was good times. Good times, good times. Um, all right, cool. Make sure you follow us on social media, facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer. Uniform reveal for the diamonds coming soon. Um Follow us at DE Union Diamonds on Facebook and Instagram. So that's coming soon. Make sure you follow the podcast at DE Soccer Podcast at the Soccer Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Leave us a comment. Let us know what we're doing. Uh, let us know if you want to be on the podcast. So if you have a guest that wants to be on the podcast. Absolutely. We will always take guests. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.